Pai, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Each week, we invite guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode is produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. Hey everybody, this is Lynn Salong and I want to welcome you to Enlightened Conversations with Lynn Salong. I've got the most incredible guest for you today. Her name's Pauline Longden. I've known each other, we've known each other for I can't even remember how many years now, but it's been quite a while and shared many an adventure via drums and other things. She's been one of the most strong women in my life in the terms of helping me when my life's got a bit rocky up and down. And she's re-evolved herself in so many different ways. So I'm going to let Pauline introduce herself a little bit to you and then we're going to have a wonderful, fun time exploring whatever we explore. So Pauline, over to you. Hi, I'm Pauline and um, I'm a spiritual entrepreneur, I guess. I started out, I first met Lynn for my 40th birthday, actually. Um, I wanted to make a medicine drum for my birthday and I found Lynn and my life hasn't been since, actually. And I still have that drum to this day. I even um, painted it, so it's very special to me. Um, but yeah, turning 40 was such a, a good moment of my life and a turning point. And so at that time I was a spiritual healer and nowadays I'm actually a copywriter. So I write marketing and sales material for companies and entrepreneurs. And so it's been quite a, a transition really, hasn't it? Lynn? It surely has. I mean, that's one of the wonderful things I like about your journey and mine. And for everybody out there, whether you're women or men, part of this is for you from our hearts to you about practical everyday being spiritual but being an everyday person. Pauline's reinvented herself and so have I myself a number of times. And I just want you to know, like, for me, my age now is 63 Mm -hmm. and I don't see that as any kind of barrier to me experiencing life in all its wild juiciness, whatever that's going to mean. And i am sort of been going through a bit of a transition the last few months of change because, as some of you might recall, I... um, managed to slip when I was playing soccer with my puppies and did my elbow in and um, that created some space for me to have a really big think about how I wanted to be in my world, in my life, where I want to live, the kinds of people I'm reaching out to and all of that. Pauline's had her own sorts of experiences and that shaped us as women. So Pauline, do you want to share anything at all about that journey for you, that transforming yourself, the butterfly process we go through? Yeah, because um, actually my, I guess my transformation was quite brutal um, the way it happened because I was in the army as, and I was a nursing officer in the army and my career was going well, flying high. And then the army sent me on two deployments back to back in one year and usually they never do that, but they just were short uh, critical, critical care nurse and that was my specialty. So, and also I guess being a humanitarian and being a nurse, you know, you just give so much of yourself to, you know, whatever you do. And so um, I came back from two deployments and then they um, threatened to send me on a third and it was obviously just going to be too much. So I just actually had to um, fall on my sword. And so that sort of put me on the slippery dip of depression and discharge that I was in the army. I thought was going to be the last day on the planetary. I was driving toward it. Um, 
I was driving towards a tree that I'd chosen and my perfectionism as a nurse crept in and said, you know, you haven't done anything right up until now. How about you don't? Modalities to help me get out of depression. And I found, and that was the first part of the transition was to transition uh, spiritual healer and teacher very uh, I needed to do some marketing for it because I really wanted to scale up and reach a wider audience. The people that I hired to write for me couldn't actually do the marketing for me. They couldn't convey my message properly. So I decided to learn it myself. And then funny thing happened was that I turned out to be good at it. So nowadays, I actually help other businesses convey their message and their meaning out into the world. And that's one of the things I love about you because you don't let even the big hurdles, the big bumps stop you. You find a way to pick yourself up and get on with life again. And I know, like I've had my version not as huge in that sense that you went through in your army experiences, but I've certainly had my own experiences of having to reinvent myself and you know, as a single mum with three children, I decided um, to take myself to uni. So if you can imagine what that's like with two young ones that are in the early stages of primary school and a baby who's 13 months, he got accepted to uni before me, by the way. <laughs> um, I just decided oh, wow. I could live, I, I'd actually been into Centrelink to try and see what I could do to get myself out there doing stuff that I loved. And basically it came down to, it sounds almost as graphic as you, um, it came down to the point where this lady's told, telling me that I'm too old to do this, too young to do that, um, overqualified for this and underqualified for that. And I just said to her, so basically, basically you're telling me, go out, get myself a gun and shoot myself, my life's over now. And she kind of looked at me a bit stunned and I thought, you've just given me absolutely no hope at all. So I went home, I sat down and thought about things a bit and I thought, I love creativity. I really, really love being able to share like a teacher, I was already sort of a natural teacher in some ways, if you like, at that stage. So I decided I'd find out what I could do in the way of creative arts. Long story short, ended yeah. up getting to a creative arts degree, had a great time with that for all that it had its challenges, travelling, studying and all that with three kids. And then I ended yeah. up, because I needed to be practical about it, did a tag on DipEd where I graduate DipEd so that I could become a teacher. Went to the Territory, huge learning journeys for me there in lots of ways, really amazing stuff. But it taught me, one, not only could I do art and create from that, but two, that I could reinvent myself in a way that actually resonated mm. for me rather than trying to conform to those whatever society tells us out there. And that just sort of reminds me, I want to show this to everybody. This is something that Pauline made and created and gifted to me right when I was in the middle of a very low period to do with my arm and the feelings of isolation and aloneness that I was going through. So to have this arrive in the mail when it did lifted me like you wouldn't believe because this dragons are dragons of, in my shamanic way of working. Dragons are really, really important to me. She comes in for me, the dragon queen, when I am going through the next step of a journey process. So in the shamanic way, that literally means life-changing. And um, not long after that, I ended up getting happily divorced from the rest of it. <laughs> so this, to get this beautiful necklace when I did was a perfect time for me to see the world in a different way. And at the moment, I'm kind of reinventing myself again. Like having this show has been a wonderful opportunity to get Pauline, in, for instance, so that we can share with all of you 
how we've reinvented ourselves. And no matter how tough it can get out there sometimes in your daily life, there's some light that'll come in and shine for you. So I want to go back to where you were sharing with us a little bit, because I know more than the folk out there about you, Pauline, a little bit about what your journey was like and why you went to the type of healing modality you went to and then how that's then woven out and you're now doing this amazing copywriting, which is another creative gift. Yeah. Well, I um, what happened when I was in the midst of depression was that the medication just stopped working and I started to intuitively, like, because... It's so funny when I was in depression, there was like two sides of me. There was like the one side that was really in the depths of depression and despair. And then there was another part of me that was like, um, don't worry, it's not going to be long. It's like an, an older version of myself came in and just calmed me down and said, you know, just stick with it. It's, it's not going to last forever. So this side of me was wanting more medication to, to numb everything. But this side of me was saying, let's get off the medication because this is just delaying the inevitable you need to get off the medication and face what has caused this depression is not the disease it's 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 actually the symptom it's not the it's not the core of what's happening it's it's the consequence of what what's been going on so i needed to go back and find out what had caused the depression so i said to um the medication i had to go off because um they overdosed me accidentally and that was horrific. So I stopped taking medication and um, sort of a case of beware of what you wish for. I want to get off the medication and then they nearly overdose you. It's sort of like, oops. So um, but then it's like I, I had to then start to find a different way to recover because after, you know, my um, fear of failing uh, at, at attempting suicide, it's like, well, if I'm going to stay here, how does that look? What what's going to happen? I can't sit on the lounge for the rest of my life. Um, I, I I need to do something. So um, just as always happens, spirit guided me. Uh, a book kept falling out of the bookshelf as I walked past it, and it's like there's no reason it would fall out. And so I picked it up one day, kept putting it back, and then um, one day it finally fell out for about the fifteenth time, and I just thought, oh, what is this about? And then um, it was actually the care and feeding of the indigo child by Doreen Virtue. And I'd never heard of like two years of not being able to read or write um, because my cognitive ability was totally fried. I sat down and read that book in a day. And it really resonated with me. And I identified as an indigo child. And I thought, wow, this is, this is interesting. So I started to get onto the internet which is another thing I hadn't been on the internet looked at emails for years and um, so then I decided to research indigo children and found out that um, some things that they need to do is to have their DNA activated and you know, a lot of other things so there's only one healing modality that did that at the time that was called feeder healing and so mm -hmm. I jumped down that rabbit hole and um, actually I became the first theater healing master in Australia because I um, I've I've got a philosophy, Lynn, and that is you don't wait for things to come to you. You go to them. And what yeah. I did with Theta Healing was um, I was so interested in it that I, I searched out the teacher, um, like the founder of it, Viana Steibel, and I travelled over to 
to Idaho Falls, which was where she was at the time, and did all the courses. So um, subsequently to that, I actually became the first city healing master in Australia, which wasn't too bad for a person that a couple of years previously was, you know, about to jump off the planet because she had nothing good in her life. So, yeah, I think it's, it's pretty incredible. Achievement. I mean, to, to not only pick yourself up and make that commitment to yourself and do all the stuff that you needed to do to become that Theta Diva healer that you were and are in a different way now, you then took the next step, which is really brave, and you kept going over and doing all these courses, getting yourself to the point where you are at now. You've evolved on even from there, haven't you, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, I love theatre healing, but I don't, I don't do it anymore and I don't teach it anymore because um, it's not that it's a bad technique. It's just that I think as a, as a spiritual being, you evolve. And I actually still do some sessions with clients now, um, you know, to help them through depression or mindset blocks. And even like as a performance coach to help them to, you know, make their dreams come true. Because I think if anyone knows about that, it's me because... Um, going into copywriting, which is a very left brain, well, it's sort of left brain business, but it's right brain creativity. Yeah. Um, you really need to be able to hold yourself in that business world and to sell yourself. And I think that's been part of the journey too, is to know how to sell yourself without selling yourself out or feel like you're selling your soul. But mm-hmm. um, to be honest, we all sell. Um, yeah ever since we were a little kid and we wanted something off our parents, we'd always um, perform what, what we as copywriters call reason why copy, you know, it's like, mama want that toy. Why? You've got a house full of toys. Why do you want another one? Cause this one's better. You know, like that's selling from an early stage. So when people say, Oh, I, I could never be a salesman and it's, it's wrong to sell things. It's like we sell our perspective, our point of view. We just, um, you know, True. sell that we're the right partner for people. Um, but we just don't call it selling. But really, at the end of the day, it's the essence of selling is you're presenting a value to people. And um, if they pick it up or not, depends on how well you've actually sold yourself in that in that perspective. So, um, so yeah, copywriting is quite a, an interesting journey. Hmm. I, I really like that. So I want to weave into that now. You've... To me, you've always presented as this really creative woman, okay? So I want want you, I'd love to invite you to share a little bit about how your intuition, e.g. the book dropping off the shelf and their blessed door and virtue is the the indigo children stuff, how your intuition kicks in for you these days. What, What sort of things do you find happen for you or are you getting it all as an inner process via feelings, thoughts, um, whatever it is you might do, you might hear, like I get on clear audience, so I hear as well as see things. So how, what's part of your process yeah. for that radar? Yeah, my radar is really more clear cognizance, so that clear thought, you know, message through the crown and you just know it. It's almost like... Mm-hmm. Um, but. What I find with people that are clear cognizant, um, sometimes they have difficulty because they can't establish whether it's their thought or or spirit's thought, and it's so it's like how does how do I know? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, is it something you'd normally think about, or is it something that is like a higher order thinking, or it's an answer to a question that you were just asking? Then I would say that that's your intuition. The other tool that I have in my tool belt is clear 
claircognizance and clairsentient. Yeah. So I feel, so that's the, in you know, that gut emotion thing. I don't really have clairvoyance. Um, as a child, I saw too many things that used to terrify me. So mm-hmm. I, I closed that down. And clairaudience just really confuses me because I do occasionally get them. It's like I'll answer someone and they go, I wasn't even talking <laughs> Oh shoot! <laughs> Spirit stuff. Um, yeah. how, yeah. how about we don't do that anymore? <laughs> so, um, and there is another one. There's another way that things present themselves every now and then. And um, for the life of myself, I can't remember the word. So I, I just made up a word. Being a copywriter and creative is um, smellience. Like I'll, I'll, I'll smell things that aren't there. Like I'll know yeah. when my grandmother's near me because she, she was a heavy smoker, and so I'll no one around here smokes. So I just smell um, cigarette yep. smoke. But then the other day I was on the phone to a, a woman and I knew she was smoking, not by any other reason, but the fact that I could smell the smoke when I was talking to her. And it's like, okay, spirit, what, what's the relevance of that? Why do I need to know that she was smoking? Um, I thought that was interesting, but so intuition shows up in, in mostly a couple of those ways. Um, mm-hmm. And I think one of the biggest journeys of intuition is, is to trust it and, and not to self, um, second guess or self doubt that, you know, um, Oh, you know, is that, is that real? It's like, well, you're asking for help and it's, you know, it's come through. So you don't need to ask, are you sure? You sure? You sure? You sure? You sure? <laughs> it's like, just, just, you know, be calm and, and, and listen and um, you, you get all the messages that you need. Um, I agree with you. I think, and I think that's one of the things personally, as a former school teacher and, you know, as a mum and a grandmother, I would actually love to see everybody how to use all these intuitive abilities that we all have. We're all born with them. It's just that unfortunately, we're not really encouraged to use them, which is a bit of a shame because when you trust those gut intuitions that you get, whether it comes through the feeling, the hearing, the seeing, the smell or the the touch, the taste, whatever, if the more you trust them, the stronger that becomes, the more you're sort of in alignment with what it is that you're really meant to be doing or supporting somebody else if they're going through a process and you're a, a teacher or a healer or like yourself, a copywriter that is wanting to get the best material out there to help somebody with their branding, all that kind of stuff. So when we learn to trust that intuition and also I think equally important with that is having those strong boundaries so that I know for me I'm empathic. So as somebody who does shamanic psychotherapy and holistic counselling as well as doing psychic readings, I can pick up on other people's stuff and one one minute I can literally be feeling really cool, days cruising along, having a great time, all is good, and then suddenly I feel really sad, down, whatever it might be. And even today, I still have to reinforce and rejig those boundaries for myself because it tends to be something that I will take on another person's stuff and then invariably that person will turn up as either whoever I'm reading for or if I'm working with somebody in the in shamanic circles or whatever it might be. So I'm learning now and I've got really strong about this and I do stamp my feet about it as well. I am not taking on other people's stuff. I don't agree to do that on any level. And I want to hear what's going on, show me what's going on, let me sense it with the other abilities, but I do not agree on any level 
to take it on in the ways that I had been doing. And yeah. I don't know whether that happens for you at all. I imagine as nursing, there would have been a fair bit of a kick in at times with you empathising with the people that you're working with, maybe even with your clients today yeah. with the copywriting, yeah? Yeah, well, I think um, I think a lot of people in the spiritual world, like light worker world, actually confuse the concept of empathy, which is feeling for people, yeah. and um, being an empath, which is more feeling on behalf of people. Mm-hmm. And I know that a lot of people who are empaths don't like the whole um, letting go of that because they think it's it's a good way to have their pulse on their finger on the pulse of what's happening around them. But as you said, you could be having a glorious day on planet earth and all of a sudden someone walks past or you think of someone, you tune into them and the next thing your day is ruined because you're, you know, they're having a crap day. And so then you're suddenly having a crap day. So what I learned very early in my spiritual journey, Lynn, was how to separate that and actually know whether this is, well, here's the thing. Is it mine or is it someone else's? So if it's mine, I'll deal with it. If it's someone else's, let it go. Because here's the thing, um, by me taking on the emotions and the suffering of other people, does that actually make their journey any easier? It doesn't. I will tell you that as right now. Like if I was, um, you know, to go back, back to being a nurse, if I felt for every painful procedure I was doing to a patient, you'd never be able to do it. So... Sometimes we need to step back and be that observer and that, um, that calm person because I heard this analogy recently and this, this really sums it up for me and, and people who are empaths. When you're an empath and you're feeling what other people are going through and you're feeling on the behalf of other people, you're in the bottle with them. And, yeah. and, but there's a label on that bottle, but neither of you can read it to see what the instructions are. But when you're the observer and you're actually on the outside of the bottle and the other person who's suffering or going through whatever they're going through is on the inside of the bottle, you're out on the outside and you can read the instructions and tell them what they need to do. But if you're in there with them, you're both in the same hopeless situation. And so I don't think us as spiritual beings suffering what other people are going through actually helps them one bit. Um, so where I think where that goes back to though is empathy, not being an empath. So I'm not saying it's bad to be an empath. I I think that that comes into that, like, um, clairsentience is like feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, that something's going on, but do you have to carry it on behalf of humanity? I don't think you do, Lindy, because our lives are complicated enough as it is without taking on everything of everyone else. Um, and that sounds selfish. But no, I'm okay with that because like, my life is about me. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, to me, yeah. I mean, one of the big things to learn because as a little child I shut down certain things as well because I was scared and there was no one at home to talk to. Parents didn't understand, you know, bless them, yeah. but they didn't. Yeah. So one of the things that I reinforce with the people that I work with is you've got to have these strong boundaries of self-love around you. It's not mm. being or egotistical. It's being self-full. And so yeah. me. You know, doing my version of stamping my feet and, you know, shaking my fist and I've got my metaphysical golden sword that I wave around and do because that's something Archangel Michael gave me. So yeah. thank you. I'll play with that. It's good. It works. It's a cut yeah. the and yeah. whatever. But I think, it, you know, one of the tragedies in, in my way of looking at things with um, a lot of society today is there's all this big thing about people's rights, but there's very little acceptance of the responsibilities that also come with those. 
So a lot of people think mm. they dump whatever on you, consciously or unconsciously. And then if you don't get in your integrity as a healer, a teacher, a guide or whatever it is we are in our everyday life, then you're not enabling that person to actually find their own way forward, to find out all those hidden gifts that they've got in them, whether it's as a writer or being the very best person in, as a checkout operator in Woolies or Coles and bless them because those people do an amazing job. I wouldn't want it, but good on them. I think Absolutely. it's fantastic. Yeah, so I think it's really important that people take responsibility for their lives. And, and there's not always a quick fix as much as we might like it. Sometimes there is. Sometimes there's a magic word. You just say it and that's it. It's done and dusted. Other times, though, you do have to go in like we talked about yeah. earlier. You have to go in and feel the feelings, feel the emotions of whatever your own personal wounding is, for want of a better term, and then see what it's trying to gift you. What can it teach you so you can move forward in your life? And once people start learning how to do that, then life tends to get a lot more balanced and you can bring in all of that juicy, yeah. rich wildness that we both love playing with, whether you're, you, whether you're drumming or creating jewellery or getting out there and making the best, yummiest food in the world, whatever it might be, all power to you because you're owning what you can do without taking on a whole yeah. lot of bag of people that you don't need. So I love, I love the way you spoke about that. That was really cool. And I, and I, so, I think also um, second to that is like um, oh, I was just going to say about um, creativity. It's like um, that whole taking on the beliefs of other people. You know, there's that very, very famous um, saying, uh, jack of all trades, master of none. And I think that's, you know, like uh, really puts us into a little box that, you know, you can only do one thing and you can't do any more than that. But um, early in my spiritual journey, I actually got rid of that belief and changed it to mm -hmm. jack of all trade and master of tons. And so what that means to me is that I can make jewellery, I can do great photography, I can be an amazing healer and teacher, and I can also be like a world-class copywriter. And I'm doing quite well at that career-wise. And in a very short amount of time of people saying, why and how can you do all these things? And it's like, because I don't put myself in a box. Mm -hmm. So that, that's sort of linked to that um, being an empath is like not taking on the restrictions of other people to say, you know, you shouldn't be able to do all that. No, no. If you've got a problem that you can't do it, then you deal with it because I have no such conditions. You know, I've got, I've got these God-given talents that yeah. would only be given to me if I was meant to use them. So by gosh, I'm going to use them and let's see what we can do. And that's what I adore about you, Lynn, is that you're always finding new ways to um, explore your creativity and help other people open up their creativity because we are such amazing beings. But when we really take on the, the stuff of other people, we just, we, we let people take away our shine and it's, it's, it's criminal. It's really criminal that we, we allow people to have that power over us. I agree with you. And I think I like what you said before about, you know, talking about the sort of teachers that you've had out there, if you like, including the one that you did your healing modality with, but even people like Doreen Virtue, you know, and all power to her for the way she brought Angelic and other stuff through. It was brilliant. I have this thing, though, and I've had it for oh, at least 30 or 40 years now, where I honestly don't believe you should have any of us should have any one person as our guru or even any one modality of anything yeah the best chef in the world or the best artist or street sweeper or whatever you are. 
for me, it's like I ask that the right kind of teacher or teachings will come in for me in a way that's going to empower me and whoever I work with. And then I'll follow whatever of that process feels right for me until such time as it's like the wings come out and I'm ready to soar mm -hmm. and I do it in my way. I can't do somebody else's way any more than you can because we've already got all of, that, all of those abilities are there innately within us. It's just a matter of tapping in and tuning in and refining the process. Is that how you find it? Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. And I, I think that the um, modalities and the things that I haven't pursued is because there's only one teacher of it. Um, and perhaps that's what happened with Theta Healing. I, I learned from the founder and that she was the only person I could learn from. So I think then I um, turned to spirit and source and got, got what I needed directly from source, which is where she was getting it anyway. She was channeling it through. And so rather than wait for her to do it, I just went straight to where she was getting it from. Same with Doreen Virtue. I adore her and she's one of my first spiritual teachers. And um, pretty soon I worked out that I could, again, connect to source and, and get the same information and more in depth than she, what she was um, giving to people. But where I've actually, I think, expanded and really taken flight is in copywriting because I have many great teachers in that. And some of the teachers that I'm being taught by, other people just look at me and go, are you serious? You've been taught by that person? How did you even get access to them? And I just think, well, you know what, I just leave it in spirit's hands and I, I say, you know, um, what you said, you know, bring me the most appropriate person right now. So the other thing that I do, which is a bit different too, is like um, help me to be the most appropriate person to make good use of the, what they're going to teach me. Um, it's no use having the best teacher in the world if you're not in the right place at that time to take it on at any level. Um, so, yeah, sort of, you want to make the best use of every situation. Mm. Yeah, because, yeah, I, I mean, one of my teachers right now is the best guy in the world. And you don't want to waste his time. You don't want to waste that opportunity. And I truly believe this opportunity will only come once in my lifetime. So I need to be the right person now for that. I can't be the right person in five years because it, it won't happen again. I just know it. So um, living in the I just trust spirit to make me yeah. into the best person. Exactly, Lynn. Exactly right. So, and, yeah. and, and I'll be different in five years' time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think people put life on hold. I'm waiting till I've got X amount of dollars in the bank, till the kids are out of school, to this, to that, to the other. And mm. the truth right now in this moment is just you and me and Michelle in the background, and this is the universe right yeah. now. Yeah. So why would we waste that opportunity? Exactly. I want to be exactly. present engaging with you in this sense so that we can share all of that be present to now everyone don't put it off put it out there like Pauline said how can I um, for me I, I yeah. ask my best serve the people I'm working with and I don't mean that as I'm going to be a doormat for anybody because I'm not what I mean is how can I bring in the best mm -hmm. intuition um, insights whatever it might be I do a little bit of coaching in my own way as well with folks to encourage and support them mm -hmm what they can do to follow their passions and their dreams and it's about being now with it don't put it off until you think you've got all the boxes ticked because it's never going to happen like that is it well that's not my that's my experience well I, well I think you're absolutely right there and I think um you raised a really good point there is a big difference between being of service 
and of servitude. So when you said, you know, I'm not going to be a doormat, I mean, that is, you know, when you're a doormat, that's servitude. You're, you're beneath the people that you're helping or trying to help and they will treat you like a doormat. But when you're of service and that goes back to that selling and giving people, um, you are totally like the authority in that and you are respected and valued more when you're of service to people. And, and uh, I think that sets up a really nice energy of collaboration with people rather than you being treated like a servant, you know, servant. Um, yeah. It's all in the wording. And then I guess that's what I'm learning um, more and more so with copywriting is the, the power of the words that we use um, is incredible. Um, and how yeah. our words set up beliefs and programs within us. I knew that from beta healing and some other modalities that I did, but the way now that transforms and sort of almost like an alchemy, that's why I'm called the copy alchemist actually. <laughs> but it, there is sort of like turning words into riches. It's really quite incredible. Mm. It is, well, it's, it's a really good gift and I, and I love alchemy too and I play with it in my way as well. And I think that's one of the things for people to sort of know that each of us has got all these different tools, skills, abilities, whatever we want to call them within us if we just take the time to invest in ourselves so that you're listening to whatever your mission is. What's something that you wanted to do as a child in your teens or your early 20s or whatever and then look at how you can make that happen in this now, in this everyday world in a way that one enriches your own life because part of that is a very much a strong message I got from my dad when he was passing, for instance, was enjoy your life now with the joy was looking big capital shining bright as when he, as his spirit literally left his body. And I'm, I thank my dad for that message. And so when people collaborate like you're doing, because I think that's a beautiful way that alchemy works. It's like, all the different elements, whatever that might happen to me, coming together to form and recreate something out of a whole lot of dross or little bitsy pieces to, you know, you do things like jewellery or copywriting that takes you into actually being able to describe for the world out there what this person's vision is for their business, for the services they offer or the goods or whatever it might be. You can do the same in terms of those people. I mean, you're an author in that sense, very much so, and you have written books. But there's also the authorship of owning your life and writing that life script. So you kind of reclaim that however many years ago now and look at where you're going. You know, you're working with people that are global. You're out there telling others, you know, I've done this, you can do this and more as well. And I think that's a gift to give people. I really honour you for that. Yeah. I mean, well, thank you. And I think it, it, it comes down to giving people hope. Um, I think hope is the biggest gift that you can give people in life. And um, because, you know, what happens to people when they have no hope in their life, they, they check out because I, I think that that's when love and hope, I think, are the most important things that we have in life. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Those two things are such, they're beautiful pearls, aren't they, in the lotus? They're, they're these things that are tangible. You can mm. touch them feeling you've got to be a little bit brave and be willing to open up enough too though because you know most of us haven't gone through life with a really crazy easy passageway we've had our whatever experiences are part of polishing us if you like I I see us as kind of like rough diamonds and you polish a bit off and that bit will shine and you polish this bit off and another bit will shine and you get rid of the bit that doesn't work 
And when you let yourself go through that form of alchemy and you're brave enough, and it does take courage, let's face it, it does, to get out of the the rut, to get out of the everyday. And it doesn't mean that we all have to run out there and become the the latest shining light in whatever career path we might want to follow. It means you be the best you. You being the best you is the most precious gift you can ever give everyone else, don't you reckon? I, I absolutely believe that. And that's why I think we need to really work on ourselves and, I think um, there's something, there's a, an aspect of life that a lot of light workers won't go towards and um, is the darkness. And yes. uh, they like to work and play in the, in the gooey, beautiful, sparkly light, but they really don't want to work on their shadow self. And I think that that's why I'm different now is because I am not afraid to go into that darkness. And in mm-hmm. fact, the darkness does not frighten me one bit. When you yeah. go through depression and um, you get chewed, out, chewed up and spat out the other end, um, it's pretty raw. You're, pr- you're pretty much just naked. <laughs> You've got nothing left. Um, but what I do have is, you know, a f- um, ferocious um, courage of, um, that I will face. And as a, as a healer and as, as a teacher and as a coach and mentor, I will help people go into that darkness because I think that, you know, in a, in a world of duality, when you're only working with the light, you're missing out on, you know, you're only doing half a healing for people if you're actually a healer and you don't go into that darkness. So I think, um, you know, we need to embrace that as well. Yeah, yeah, no, well, I won't. Yeah, well, stars can't shine without a dark sky. That's true. Totally, absolutely. And the womb place is dark. If you go to do Zen meditation, you go to the womb of creation. It's like black velvet. You can't see or hear or feel anything. So I I find it kind of amusing that people, and and sad too, that people, including myself when I was younger, you get told that all these emotions and feelings are really bad and that you should suppress them. And what happened in my case was it turned into a volcano. And when that volcano finally erupted, it wasn't pretty, I can tell you because i suppressed so much inner rage. Once I learned to ride the rage to, you know, for me it was dark goddesses coming in like Pele who are created destroyer mm. voices. And it's yeah. about learning that you have to destroy in order to create. So, you know, if we take it back to biology, you get this tiny little egg and it's in its little pure form and then the little sperm thing comes in, it does its thing. And the minute the sperm's touching that egg, it's already transforming and destroying what once was yeah. to bring something new, right? So yeah, when true. we to go and meet those dark aspects of ourselves that might be um, fear, emotions, whatever we want to call them, you find there's strength mm. there that gets us to get up off our butt and get out there and do our thing in the world. So I'm somebody, for instance, who really can't stand people abusing animals. So part of my way of dealing yeah. with that is to use what could be anger and be a lot of venom and put up horrible posts and all the rest of it on Facebook, which I personally don't believe is a good idea at all, quite frankly, and I don't do it. Mm. Uh, What I do is I go in and do what I can in my ways of physically and writing up stuff for them and all kinds of things like that because in that way Mm. I'm helping those animals. Um, when When I was a teacher, I became a women's officer for the union. Why? in part because I didn't want to see my sister teachers being downpaid in comparison to men. Mm. I didn't want to Mm -hmm. see women teachers being put down because they were women and not being able to pursue a career path that was offered to men. 
And, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm proud to say that, you know, my little tiny bit I did in those years did help to change, to get women to have a voice. Aboriginal women from communities who were teachers were able to get up and have their say. Why? Because mm. I that dark part of me, so called dark, that had the strength and the courage mm. and being shy like I naturally am to go, you know what? I'm passionate about this. That passion isn't bad. I'm going to push through my own fears so I can use this to help other people. And it's that kind of process amongst others when you're working with that dark aspect of yourself, including feeling really down and wanting to exit the planet and whatever else it might be, once you sit and find out what that was all about, that's when the alchemy kicks in, isn't it? And you're able to then grow and share and learn. That's how I found it. Is that how you found yeah, it? Yeah, well, well, that's exactly right. As, as with what happens in alchemy, that's where all of the ingredients then become the golden yep. opportunity or the gold in life. And I don't think, like the Philosopher's Stone, only turned lead into gold. There's opportunities in gold. There's um, yes. life experiences that are turned into gold. I mean, gold is, like, very personal for us. And I think, you know, that's why... Uh, people couldn't really find the philosopher's stone because they thought it was something physical, but I think it's something that lies within us is the ability to see beyond our current situation and then turn it into something quite magnificent and magical. Yeah. yeah, That's a beautiful way to put it. I remember I had a a Cherokee teacher some years ago and he was a bit shorter than me and he was, I was talking about something rather with him and saying, I didn't think I was good enough. And he just put his hand up, pushed on me, started poking me in the chest and went, how can you lie to the creator? Yeah, you always see that you're holding the heart. It was sort of bomb insight light going off in me. Wow, you're right. If I believe that I'm a part of creation and the creator, part of we all are, then how can I deny that spark of the divine that's in me that is as good as any other spark of divine on the planet? And that was a real turning point for me. Mm. He was a very courageous man and a great teacher and, um, yeah, helped me find that jewel in there to then, you know, live what I had been visioning since I was a little girl and doing what I'm doing now and more and being ready when needs be to go, okay, this version isn't working right now, so I need to go back into the cooking pot, the melting pot, and re-evolve, reinvent, re- you know, change what I need to change, drop off what doesn't work, and you know, just move on with life because I don't want to be stuck in a rut. I don't know about you, but ruts don't interest me. They're very boring. <laughs> yeah, and and comfort zones, I think, are not all that comfortable if if you're honest, you know. I've never met a comfort zone that I liked or wanted to stay in for too long. Because <laughs> um, if, if you're stuck in a rut or a comfort zone, you're actually stagnant. And yeah. I don't think we're meant to stagnate. No. No, I agree with that. I really do. I think we're meant to evolve. And I remember someone said to me a couple of years ago, um, they didn't like me describing myself as a work in progress and that, um, you know, that they felt that they were already <laughs> dusted and cool. And I went, well, you know what? I'm not. I know I've got this thing and that thing and the other thing and I want to tweak this and I want to do that. I'm changing this and I'm quite happy to be a work in progress. Otherwise, I feel like I would be stagnant. I would not have evolved or be evolving and I know I am, yeah. and that's just a joyful thing most of the time. You know, there's moments when it's uncomfortable when you're looking at your dark stuff, but I'm not going to avoid it 
because otherwise mm. I'm out on the potential to become this huge whatever it is in my world. It might not be in your world, but that's okay. In my world is where I have to be that, that shining light for me so I get on and weave the light in the ways that I like and doing my bit to contribute to making this a, a better place. Mm. Um, part of my personal belief system is that we're just custodians for this planet and I'm one of the caretakers mm -hmm. and most of billions on the earth. So I want to know that the seventh generation has got something to look forward to. I don't want them to be coming to a world where there's no koalas, where the Great Barrier Reef's been destroyed because somebody can't see how a coal mine is just going to pollute that absolutely incredible environment yeah. that's home to many beings. So, you know, that, that's a bit where my mm -hmm. passion warrior self will come in and step up and talk out. I wouldn't have done that maybe 30, 40 years ago because I would have been too shy to. But because I'm willing, like you are, exactly. to let ourselves change and to be that work in progress, look at, you know, you now doing this gold alchemy of copywriting for people and me doing whatever I'm doing with my creativity and the shamanic stuff to help other people see that they can do this and more too. Mm, yeah, because yeah. I, I think it was, um, I think Jim Rowan was the one who said that, you know, humans are the only beings on the planet that half grow. Like you'd never see an acorn expected that it's going to stay an acorn for its whole life. Within that acorn is the potentiality to become a mighty oak tree. But here's the other thing, when, when you go quantum physics, within that acorn is the capacity to become a whole universe because it's that holes in the, in the parts in the whole. So as humans, we have the potential to be our own universe within our mm -hmm. DNA, yet we have such a hard time to meet even a tenth of our potentiality. And, and I'm glad that that Cherokee you know, said, you know, tapping the chest and said, you know, don't lie to creator because we are magnificent and, and, I know people have a hard time hearing other people talk so positively, but if we don't do it for ourselves, who is going to do it? And that's the thing about selling too. If you doubt yourself, that's what you sell to the world. If you're confident, that's what you sell to the world. And actually um, what I do know through my copywriting is that the world favors people who step out and do give it a go. Um, more yeah. than people who just hide and, and want to stay like an acorn for their whole entire life. Actually, what well, happens to acorns? They get eaten. They, they get it. eaten by pigs looking for troubles. Squirrels. <laughs> that's right. That's true. Okay. Squirrels, so, exactly. I, I love that. I think that's so great because it's so true. Like why would you want to just stay this tiny little egg? I want to grow and blossom and be the be like the oak tree. I've got stuff I can download from spirit yeah. in my own essence and stuff that I can upload from Pachamama because she's got as much to teach us as any other being and then the leaves are like all the people that I know about there are these brilliant sparkling diamonds so yeah why would we want to stop exactly. not evolve and not grow Alrighty, so we're getting close to the end of the show Pauline what I'd like you to do if you wouldn't mind yep. just share with people how they can get in touch with you whether it was getting you to write up some brilliant copy for them for their business or for their own life so they can use that as a model, as a tool to work mm -hmm. with, or if they wanted to get some of this amazing jewellery and the other beautiful stuff that you do. So <laughs> you can share a little bit about that, please, well, including your website. 
Yeah, so um, I guess the easiest place to find me is um, uh, thecopyalchemist.com. So that's pretty much spelt the way that it seems, but it's V-T-H-E-C-O-P-Y-A-L-C-H-E-M-I-S-T.com. And um, that's my copywriting website, but I do have a um, an email that I send out each week, which is just sort of like Pauline's perspective on life and the universe and marketing. Full of juicy nuggets. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like sort of sometimes the perils of Pauline. Yeah, the, the knowledge nuggets, that's what they are. And it's <laughs> like, you know, um, it's actually like that. there is a talent for writing about the mundane because people say, how can I write things about my life? My life is boring. And it's like, have you ever read one of my emails? I've, I've just turned like buying a battery into a great big adventure. So, <laughs> so they can sign up to my um, there and um, keep track of my adventures pretty much at my limit, but I allow followers so people can follow me. Excellent. Well, thank you. That's so actually where I sell my um, jewelry. Is I have an online store. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. And so, people, I really want to encourage you to get out there and, and follow Pauline in the various ways the options she's just given you. For those of you that like to connect a little bit with me, my website is simply just rainbowlabyrinth.com. So you just put that in there, no www's on it. I'm also on Facebook if you want to follow me on there as Lynn Intuitive Shaman. And I'm, yeah, happy to do what I can to help support and guide in whatever ways I can in the good folk that are out there. So thank you again, Pauline. It's been an absolute joy to have you with me today and something that I was so excited when you said yes. And to your beautiful partner, Raylene, who's doing her thing, I wish her all the very best when she gets to see this and I get to see both of you. Big hugs will be shared all around. So thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you for inviting me and thank you for listening today. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much.